My name is David, and this is Validating Input, a new podcast from Paradigm Consulting, where we talk about the values, processes, interests, and the tech that supports us. I work as a developer in Calgary, building projects with Ruby on Rails and React. And my name is Abdullah, and I'm based out of Regina. I focus more on the front end of our projects. At Paradigm, we employ fully remote teams that leverage our unique skills and trusted technology. We help you find the right solution, not just our solution. Today, we're talking to Jeffrey in Vancouver about articulating the Paradigm process and how that shapes what we do. Welcome to the podcast, Jeffrey. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to work at Paradigm? Sure. Hi, guys. So I am in Vancouver, uh, but I'm actually from the States. I, I was born in, and raised in Alabama. I have a background, I guess, it's it's pretty diverse. I, my education is in English and political science, but I started to work in web development more as a, I think I started building myself as a content strategist. So I was developing content, thinking about site architecture, thinking, starting to play around with SEO and findability and these sorts of things. Bit of a amorphous sort of collection of, of uh, tools. But I started to get more into project management especially and working within organizations, helping them to structure learning essentially. I started to work with, as a client for Paradigm, probably, I want to say about 10 years ago or seven years ago, I can't remember, Abdullah, or maybe, no, six, six. Yeah, it was, <laughs> six it was years ago. Closer to six, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it seems so long ago. But I, I was working for another organization, helping them to learn about uh, geographically targeted media campaigns um, that support the work of the organization. And uh, because I knew some some of you at Paradigm, I, I thought this would be a great opportunity to sort of um, carve out a specialized team and try to implement something and learn about something really, really quickly. And it was just such a, an amazing experience. And, and Paradigm really secured a place in my heart at that time. And and working with or working for the company was something that was always on the back of my mind. And uh, when I came up here to Canada, I started to just make my way into the industry here. But I, I love working remotely. I love working from home, partly so I can I can tend to my family, but I can really establish the, the pace uh, of life that, that I want to have. So there was just a, a window where I thought, you know what, I wonder if, if there are any possibilities. Because I, I know that Paradigm was, um, it's a very technical team. And um, my background and experience is more, more in the soft things, I guess, more in the side of how do you facilitate processes? How do you document and follow learning within an organization? And, and just a broad variety of other communication sort of skills. And so I thought it was a long shot, and I reached out to Kevin, the founder of Paradigm, and we just started a conversation, and I think it was just perfect timing. I, Kevin was starting to think at that time, or he's been thinking a long time, I think, about how Paradigm structures its learning process, like how does it learn and what does that mean? And I think it's just the reality of a consultancy is that you're you're just continually feeding the uh, cycle of clients and work and output, and it's hard to figure out how do you fit in these other things into the process when you're when you're moving so quickly. And uh, so we we thought we'd try an experiment, 
for for a period of time, and it looks like that that's continuing. And so I'm here now in Paradigm, primarily functioning at the level of of those that are within the team that are are managing projects. I'm supporting them. I've also taken on some of our clients and being the sort of the 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 project manager, the product manager for those products. But then I've also started to help more, I guess, in the in an internal sort of way, helping at the level of operations, taking on a lot of stuff. I think that uh, Kevin needs support with, and uh, and then I think just figuring out how do we, as a team, collectively start to advance our learning processes. So it's a bit of a uh, of a collection of things that I'm doing at Paradigm. But I guess when you're working within a small team, you have to wear many hats. You have to really just sort of pick up the things that need to be taken care of. And uh, yes, that's what I'm doing (laughs) right now. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how how you came in with one role in mind, and that's actually kind of morphed into touching more aspects of the the company than what we would initially think of. And and you having more of this admin role too, and pulling all that learning stuff together. And and, um, I think think from my point of view that that's been really good um, uh, because of where I am and, and the the clients that I work with. Um, I tend to be a little bit more isolated from the rest of the, the company. And I, I think since you've been aboard, um, I've had more of those connection points with more people um, across a few different projects, which has been really good. Well, I, th- I think uh, to me, it, th- there's just so much effort that has to go into maintaining contacts, especially within a remote organization. I've, I've worked for a number of companies or a number of roles where either the team has been remote or I have been remote uh, from the majority of the team. And um, it changes the way that you have to think about relationships, I think, and and the way that you approach communication and building trust within a team. And so I, I appreciate those those thoughts, David. And my, my, from my perspective, too, it's it's been a real or been a real joy, I think, becoming connected to the team. And it was, you guys are so great. It was such a seamless thing for me to step in, partly because I have some, like some of my best friends are working with the company, but uh, on the whole, it's just such a great, a great team of people uh, that have been so welcoming. Great. So should we dive into these initial discussion topics? You touched a little bit on sort of Kevin having thinking about this sort of uh, process within Paradigm, do you want to give a bit of a rundown about sort of the history of uh, where he was coming from and where he, he was hoping to take Paradigm? Sure. So I think, it, I guess Paradigm as a company now is about six years old. Um, and I, have, have you guys talked with Kevin yet? Uh, no, I think we're going to do a follow-up discussion with Kevin okay. Once, okay. once we've talked to you, just to maybe dig into different aspects of this. Okay, sure. So I, I thought like he's he's a great one to talk to in terms of the history of the company, of course. But absolutely, yeah, yeah. So the like paradigm started uh, just over six years ago now, I guess. And Kevin and his partner at the time, John, they they really had these two questions in mind that were shaping the vision of the company. One was how do we think about the development and the application of technology differently than we see within the industry? And the other was, can we build a successful remote company? And what are the 
the values and the processes necessary to to build a strong remote company. Yeah, so the six over the over the last uh, six years, I think those have been on Kevin's mind the the two overarching learning objectives, I guess you could say. I think at times maybe it's it's pretty natural. I think as you're moving along with a company, you feel closer or or farther from figuring out like you have your hand on actually learning about about these sorts of things because uh, it takes a lot of conscious uh, effort and um, there's so many uh, forces that are at play I think with when building a, a company and naturally when you have when you have a remote company there's a lot of a lot of dynamics that you have to sort of fight against some of which are just intrinsically human and then some of them are are the effects of of technology and uh yeah so i think i think those those two overarching learning objectives have really been informing informing the work um because he really sees i think there's this perspective that society humanity and technology sort of co-evolve and uh they act upon another and the values that we have as a society shape the technology that we build and the technology that we build then has these values within it and it again either reinforces or changes the types of values that we have as a society and uh so it's it's with every piece of technology that we build i think uh there's the opportunity to ask these really deep questions about the nature of the design the nature of the platforms and languages that we're using about all the the small and large choices that we make when we're developing something there's an opportunity to ask a very principled question or to pause and reflect on what it is that we're doing because i, I we I, like everybody can l- take a step back i think and see the unintended consequences of technology where thought hasn't been given um to the nature of what's being developed and so i think uh kevin particularly i think uh from his his background and association with the bahai faith wanted to ask these questions about technology and then to figure out okay well how do we ask these questions and build a successful company and do it remotely yeah those so these are the the big questions i think that have been shaping the the history of the company so far yeah i think that's really kind of interesting um coming from maybe outside of the Baha'i faith and recognizing that, you know, there is that interaction between technology and what our, our personal values are and what our values as a company are. And, and seeing that, you know, it's going to happen unintentionally if, if you don't focus on it. Earlier this year, we did the retreat and kind of everybody else is um, feeding in their values and their input into, into what our vision is as a company and who we want to be and how we want to shape what we do and and not just necessarily do the work, but have our values reflect in the work that we do and have that be reciprocal is, is nice. Yeah. There, there's thousands of software companies that are just building technologies. I think there's, there's so few that are trying to carve out the space to think about the things that they're building and why they're building them and, and their consequences and their purpose. I think purpose too, like what is the purpose of building this technology? I think Kevin often talks about we're building technology to advance human relationships or to try to release the type of human capacity that we want to have within organizations and within businesses. And um, we can take a very, what may seem um, innocuous 
solution that needs to be designed for some medium or small business that's may seem purely operational or purely tactical but there's there's deep value questions uh, even at, even at those levels that that shape then those uh, that are going to be using the technology and uh, which is also another another deep value that I've always appreciated about about paradigm is the way that they in, don't see themselves as technology experts that sort of sit back from afar and then they identify a problem and then they impose a solution but that it's extremely consultative and collaborative and because you want those that are going to be using this technology to be a part of its creation to be familiar with its impact um, and to be very conscious uh, in that way too yeah so we talked a little bit about bringing those values in um, as a culture in the company and so what what uh, does that really mean when we we do this evaluation and then we put it into practice like what does that actually look like on a practical level yeah i think this is where to me you have to ask okay, well what is what is culture what does it mean to have a culture i think there's aspects of attitude there's aspects of belief and there's aspects of uh, process i guess and behavior we wouldn't want to take our approach i think and thinking about systematizing these elements within the culture of the company as purely something that has to be very rigidly structured because that that sort of really rigid structures tend to break uh, what we want rather is a growing consciousness within the team to talk about these elements to think about them and to gradually learn together how to document and record these things that we're doing so that we have more living documents, living reflections of the things that we're actually learning about. So the retreat that you mentioned earlier, I think, was was a, a step in this direction. The majority of the retreat was structured around what we could call the beginnings of these sort of learning documents that shape what is it that we think we know, what are the things that we think we believe right now about different aspects of the company, whether it's our process, whether it's how we manage our our financial and material means within the company, how we think about the role and nature of technology. And it was for, once we had those sort of documents in place, then we could have consultations around them and then they could be reshaped. And then we come back again later and we continue to look at them. Along with that, I think we, we started to identify things that we want to learn about. So when we want to begin defining things within the culture, we have to say what it is that we want to learn. Uh, once we can identify the thing that we want to learn, then we can start to take action on that on that thing. And uh, so we started a process of doing that. And, and it's, I think it's a it's a new thing for the company to move in this direction. And so, which is why we operate within cycles. So we'll we from the time of the retreat, we'll have our next sort of moment of reflection in, in the coming January 2020 um, to again look at okay, well, what did we learn what did we advance what did we document what spaces did we create to to gather our learning or to share the things that we're reflecting on uh, in our work uh, because so much of culture is actually expressed actually through communication and in those moments where we can especially work together i think that's where we can pass along uh, the types of values and the the things that define our culture so i think we've we've really been we we've been sort of taking an approach that to define it within the culture 
uh, means that we have to take this very broad approach, thinking more about the relationships within the company and how we communicate together, how we have a pattern of communication and learning, as opposed to thinking we now need to have a very rigid manifesto and very sort of bureaucratic lines of this is how we do this and this means that. And um, because especially in a remote company where we have so much is dependent upon building trust within each other and communication, those things tend to, when they're overly defined or overly rigid, they, they really fall away. Um, I think there, there's a natural falling apart <laughs> that happens to the things that are too rigidly defined in a remote company. Yeah, that, that kind of leads into how do we experiment on on the process? Like, how does that change and, and how do we move forward with, with the change? What, what sort of things do we practically do um, to see if they're valuable to us as a culture? Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's really the, the meat of the question. Um, one thing that started since the retreat is within different teams um, that are working either on different projects or with different clients, uh, they started to look deeply at actually documenting the process that they go through when working with a client or, or, or seeing through a project from its conception to its delivery. And along the way, starting to iterate on different aspects of the overall process, whether it's, way, whether it's from how do we actually define the scope of the, of the project itself, how do we break down the work, how do we collaborate together, how do we figure out uh, time to work together too. That, that was a bit, that to me was one of the, uh, the big areas of uh, experimentation over the course of the last couple of months amongst all the teams is figuring out how do we have sufficient time together um, to advance our projects, to make sure we have the necessary help and assistance that we do need, and to have the right sort of unity and momentum behind a particular project. That way, I, th I think, I th as I saw more and more teams creating more sort of shared overlap of time and attention, um, there was a different focus to the work and uh, things seemed to move a little quicker, especially in terms of stumbling blocks. Um, things were overcome a little quicker. And um, so in many of those ways, I think, uh, I think there's different types of experimentation going on. Yeah. So I've got a, a note here that, that we talk about um, these observational and operational components. What's the, the difference between those and, and, um, can you give some examples of what those are within, I guess, how we're we're growing as a, a culture and, and what that means to us as a company? To be honest, one of the things I was initially looking at when I started at Paradigm, I was looking at how we talk to one another. I was really curious, what is the language and the tone that we address each other with? I, I find that to be a really interesting indicator of how a remote team is functioning is not just like how often they talk or because like with different platforms, you can have um, asynchronous and synchronous conversations going on all the time. So there's just be a flood of communication, but to actually look and see at different types of signals is how do we, how do we address each other? <laughs> because it sort of speaks to um, how we feel about one another and how we feel about the work that we're doing. And um, so for me, in, in my initial 
And the initial steps I was taking within my role and thinking about how do we advance learning processes within the company, a lot of what I was looking at was how we're, how th those, those couple of elements, how we speak to one another and um, the nature of our conversations. So that, that's been an observational component, I think, for me and, and my role. An operational component, I think, that we've sort of been following is how do we define more clearly, have a, have a structured process for defining the nature of, of a project, and then moving more systematically through shaping it. Um, and some of us have, have been in a, sort of a, a side book club, reading some things that have been helping us think about the nature of our, our processes as well. But we've been looking at, okay, well, how do we how do we articulate the boundaries of a project and then how do we then begin to go in and shape different components so that people can be more empowered to take action and, and move a, a project along? So there have been, uh, Abdul may be able to speak to this as well, but that's a particular operational component that at least a couple of the teams uh, have been able to really try to implement. I think that's been, I think there's been some nice learning that's been coming out of there. Uh, that has been helping our overall process, helping to define it a little more. Because I think when we came together at our retreat, uh, we had an exercise where we had to visually describe or illustrate the paradigm process. And on one end, it's a very conceptual sort of process, but then it also, which doesn't allow for easy illustration or, or modeling, uh, but at the same time, we do want to be able to model it <laughs> somehow. We want to be able to describe it somehow, whether it's it's visually or through a narrative. And so the um, what we uh, a, a couple of teams have been doing over the last um, month or two in experimenting with that operational part has been really uh, really nice to see. Yeah. So you're you're talking a little bit about you have the opportunity to actually kind of jump in between teams and and see how they differentiate a little bit, how they operate. And I think during the retreat, we had this um, idea that came up about channeling a unity of action. And that's something a little bit maybe new to me as a, as a developer. And do you want to describe exactly what that is and, and how we can apply that across our teams? Yeah, I think there's, um, <clears throat> there's, a, it's, there's different levels of unity within the company. I think at the level of process that we, which we were just describing, I think each team starting to experiment with different ways of refining and systematizing their process, and then coming back. I think what we need to do now, and I think we may do this at the upcoming uh, sort of reflection space, uh, if not earlier, is then coming back and I think reflecting as a company on how we've been experimenting with advancing our process. So then we can then say, okay, well, what's been successful? What's being learned? What can be adopted? What do we want to adopt now as uh, throughout the company? What do we need to keep experimenting with? And then we can move forward. So I think unity of action in that sense is driven by how we learn as a company. And um, so it, as each of these teams and then as individuals within these teams, we're consciously uh, moving along and experimenting. And as long as we have a way of coming back together and organizing what we've been learning, then we can say through consultation, uh, and through building a unity of understanding, these are the things that we want to adopt now within the company as principles or values of, of how we operate. And then we can move forward with another cycle of learning. So that, that's one level of, of unity of action that I think is going to be 
continually built um, because there was there was a lot of a lot of desire for that. I think that came out of the retreat. A higher level of unity of action, I think that we uh, we're still developing is like where we're going as a company, and what what's the our trajectory or our vision over the next five years, over the next ten years. So uh, we have up until now, for the most part, been operating within a um, a service model, uh, but we're starting to develop a movement towards also having products within the company. And uh, I think we're still experimenting with okay, well, where where are we moving uh, right now? Do we need to shift more attention and resources to advancing in the product-focused sense? Will we always need to have a sort of service-oriented model component to the company? So I think that's that's a higher level uh, a level of unity. I think that's that we're still trying to articulate as a company that will help us figure out how to channel channel action. And by action, I mean. How are we as individuals, as resources within the company? Where are we spending our time and our our attention and uh, and being put to use? I think in in service to to this vision of the of the company. So th- there's there's many different levels. I think and at the retreat, I think we we tried to think at a couple of different levels. One is at that level of principle, and then one is at the level of operations. I think there was just so much to talk about at the retreat that. We uh, we could only go so far, I think, at, especially at the level of of operations. So a lot of our conversations existed at the level of thought, at the level of of concept and principle. But in my estimation, in working with with other teams, um, when you have unity of thought, it helps with unity of of action. <laughs> Knowing, of course, that like they have to continually be reinforced within within each other. You have sort of have to take action, come back and reflect to build unity as a team, take action, come back, reflect. Um, so I think uh, those are some of the ways that we, we think about the nature of unity of unity of action. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, so we talked a little bit about um, working remotely as teams. And so even, even internally as a team, um, we're doing the work and, and we're, you know, interacting with each other, but are we building a relationship? Like how, how does that grow internally as a team and maybe across teams? And where, where does that, where does tech fit in with that? Um, how do we use that and, and make it a, a tool rather than um, being subservient to it? And I think many, many within the company also want to teach. They like they want to mentor. That's another value I think within the company is that we want to accompany one another. And uh, I think that's another area that we have to keep figuring out how do we learn about this is how do we leverage the knowledge and the desire to to, to help each other learn throughout the company to build to build more capacity throughout the company, I think. because um, there's a lot of knowledge, there's a lot of skill within this company that I think we can continually figure out how to release. Yeah, that can be uh, difficult to, to surface sometimes, like someone will have experience. And if you haven't had those conversations to know, oh, you know, I need to go to Abdullah to talk about design because he, you know, like as a CSS master and, and uh, I, I like, I didn't even know I could do this. Mm-hmm. He is a master. No, I, and he's very quiet today. <laughs> excuse excuse my my throat's a bit uh, scratchy today, but um, 
No, I think that's a very interesting question because it was something that I, uh, I assume along with others as well, struggled with before sort of the retreat as I'd worked with a few, but I'd never met. So like a majority of paradigm I'd met in real life before, um, but particularly the Calgary folk um, I hadn't met in, in person and hadn't had very much opportunity to work with them either. So there would be occasions where before I may be stuck on a problem, but I know that so-and-so is away on vacation or this other person is not available. And I wasn't sure who else I could turn to because there wasn't fully understanding of like people's um, skill sets. But after having some of those discussions during the retreat and being like, oh, you also, you're also interested in this, or um, and not necessarily work related too, being able to be uh, connect on a different level of like, oh, you're also really into kung fu movies, you know, like just building that sort of relationship. Because as you were saying earlier, it's hard when you're not in an office to talk about things that are not work related, and have sort of those random conversations and discussions. Yeah, to me, it's it's about building friendships uh, within the company. Um, I think, and I think that's another value that Paradigm has is that we we have an affinity for one another, and we're a small enough team that we can. I think develop really deep bonds of, of friendship uh, together, uh, which is really nice. And I, I think, like you were saying, that the question is just okay. Well, how do we, how do we do that? And a lot of times, I think it's just effort. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be scheduled. I think that this is one of the forces of working in a remote team is that it uh, it reinforces a a tend towards isolation. Uh, or a, like the, a component, I think, of the human spirit that sometimes seeks that a little bit. And um, so it just takes effort to overcome that and to say, oh, I will have this time I to s- develop a, a deeper relationship with this person and come up with creative ways of, of how to do that. And definitely as a small team, I think that just needs to flourish more. When we get to different scales, I think, of size of a business, I think there, there's different considerations that come into play. But to me, a lot of it at this stage is just agency, like individual agency to, and, and a desire to form a relationship with another. Yeah, I, I, I think that really resonates um, with me. So you and I, Jeffrey, are actually kind of at, at two extremes of experiences in, in our life outside of work. Um, you're, you're going through something that that's really kind of life changing and, and, um, and exciting in, in one aspect. And, and I'm going through some tough stuff and I find that, you know, being able to appreciate the, the growth and the, the stuff that you're going through in your personal life has actually been really good for me as therapy for the, you know, this, these things that I'm, I'm dealing with and, and knowing that, you know, I can, appreciate the those good good things and and it actually is a bit of a therapy for me and i know that i'm i'm gonna come out of this difficult um experience that uh, i'm currently going through and having that support from the the rest of the team is like not feeling ignored but feeling valued and and people checking in on me like how are you doing that sort of thing has been really great 
Yeah, and that's something that I think you're saying, like you're saying, Jeffrey, it takes it takes that extra level, little bit of effort. And like we all have a desire to to have a relationship with each other. So reaching out and saying, you know, how's it going? How was your weekend? Um, especially like like uh, like there's a few of us sort of in the different stages of, of of parenthood, for example, that we can all you know kind of reach out and touch base and be like, yeah, this you know you could try this, you could try that, and it's definitely something like that I miss um, from working in an office. It's that that sort of like my wife came home yesterday and she was like, oh, we had a you know, treat sharing party at work because the end of the year and doing that sort of thing. So it re- and I was like, oh, I, you know, it, I, it's not even something I'd thought about for a long time. But then I was like, you know, how can we sort of bring that in, but remotely? <laughs> I don't know. Like, do we do we do we, do we <laughs> yeah. all just sort of make our own treats and sit around and eat them, or or, or what is the feeling like? How you're saying, David, like seeing somebody else experience uh, something and then being open and sharing it allows us to sort of gain uh, a, a bit of therapy, as you're saying, or a bit of uh, hopefulness, uh, whatever it may be. Because, yeah, like it's our general channel in Slack tends to be quite quiet. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be interesting to sort of explore uh, ways that we can sort of bring those feelings. Yeah, it it can be hard maybe as as introverted developers to actually to cross those boundaries, and um, making that part of our internal culture that uh, it's something that we try to actively do, um, even if it's not as regular as as it would be in an office environment has been has been nice. I think maybe this is a good time to break for today. I just want to thank you, Jeffrey, for uh, maybe coming in and, and uh, sharing your experiences with us and, and helping us define what these processes are. Of course, there's, there's so much to talk about. And, and um, as I said offline, I, I'm uh, a little sleep deprived. And so <laughs> I don't know uh, if everything I said was uh, coherent or useful, but um, it was nice to just have some time just to, to talk through things too. Yeah, and it's really nice to sort of get get a bit of an understanding of how things are going post retreat, um, and it would be nice to sort of get more on that and how things are developing there. But thanks again. Join us next time as we continue to grow, become better developers, adding purpose to the things we build and the relationships we cultivate.